Good morning. Welcome to our special service that is being held with our young folks, our children and, our, and some of our youth, and we're looking forward to this. And before we do anything else, I just want to thank all the folks that had a hand in this. I'm sure uh, Katie and Cindy and Paige, and there's probably a whole bunch more people, but uh, we want to thank you for all your hard work bringing this uh, special service about today. I uh, want to remind you that there is, uh, you can have a prayer card today. If you raise your hand, we still have prayer cards and prayer requests. Uh, also, um, Partners in Faith will meet with the Seekers class today upstairs in the Family Life Center. Partners in Faith will meet with the Seekers class today upstairs in the Family Life Center. And then finally, if you have not noticed, there is a bunch of pumpkins out there on our yard. And we need to get them off as fast as we can. And that's where you come in. You just collect all the pumpkins you want, and then we'll tell you how much you need to donate, okay, for them. And uh, Katie said to tell you that it will be open today, so if you'd like to uh, make a purchase today. All right. I think that's all I have to say. And I'm not sure who I need to turn it over to next. One of y'all? Okay.
At this time, all of the children are invited on the green carpet for our children's moments with Miss Rachel. Jesus' love, the more you get in return. And the verse for today is Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will, will be poured out into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I have something for each of you guys this morning. Everyone got one? Okay. Okay. So, um, okay. Each and every one of you got a kiss, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. Um, you didn't have to, you didn't have to pay for it, did you? No, that kiss was freely, it was freely given to you. I paid for them and gave them to you. Now that you have it, you may do whatever you want with it. You may, you may either keep it and eat it. You may keep it and eat it yourself, or you may give it away. It is up to you to decide. We're going to take about a minute, and you can do whatever you want. And you may go into the congregation and give them away if you want.
bought before. So raise your hand if you gave it away. show someone that we love them. So this morning we are going to let these kisses represent God's love for us. For you. God's love for us is freely given, isn't it? We don't have to pay for it. Jesus paid the price when he died on the cross. When, when you have God's love, you can keep it to yourselves or you can choose to, to share it to others. As you share his love, as you choose to give it away, the more you get in return. You see, that's the way, that's the way it is with God's love. The more you share it, the more you get in return. As you, as, you, as you enjoy your candy kisses this morning, I hope you will think about God's love for you, for you, and, that you will and that you will choose to share it with others. Okay, bow your heads. Jesus, thank you for freely giving your love to us. Help us to remember that you have that you have told us to share it with others. Amen.
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us all here today. Thank you for the opportunity to have the kids lead us in worship. Thank you for Katie and all she does for our kids, and thank you for Paige and all she's done for our youth program. Help us to proclaim Jesus' name through our actions and through our words. And we lift up these special prayer requests to you. Prayers for the death of Craig, Ted Weiss and family, and we hope that we can sell all the pumpkins. Let us pray as our Father taught us by saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those that trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, good morning, guys. How y'all doing today? So I just want to go ahead and say that I hope you guys will forgive my nerves because I usually am teaching in front of kids who are more forgiving than adults, I'd say. Um, so I've heard that usually this service is... Um, oh, someone's got to read scripture first. Yeah, go ahead. I'll stand right here. Today's scripture reading comes from Mark 10:13 through 16. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the little children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Perfect. Thank you. So, like I was saying, I heard that usually in this service, someone comes up and talks about how important the youth are to the church and the children are to the church. And what I've seen in the short period of time that I've been here is that you guys know that to be true. You donate to the youth group, you support us, same with the children. And so I decided to do a message that was more relevant to the kids and to us, but that wasn't on the importance of youth because I feel that you guys see the importance of the youth and the children. Um, so this morning, what I wanted to start out with is an old quote that some of you might have heard, you may not have heard it, but it says, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Have any of you guys ever heard that quote before? I think I've heard it used by people my age and by older adults, um, and usually their intentions are good with the quote, they're trying to convey a message that our actions prove our words to be true. And, and this is great. We even see in James where it says that faith without works is dead. Um, but I think that God's asking more of us. I think that this quote doesn't really give us the complete understanding of the gospel like it should. Um, and so <clears throat> I think we forget that, that Jesus often commands a declaration more than just rebuilding houses and clothing the naked and feeding the hungry. So if you'll turn with me to Mark 16, 15. 
It says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So, we're going to look at this verse today. And before we dive into it, we have to understand the context. So, obviously, this is in the book of Mark. So, Mark wrote it. It's in the New Testament. So, it was originally written in Greek. Um, And so, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the word preach here. And so, the word preach here would have meant something different to them in A.D. 40 through 50 than it does to us today. And so, we need to look first at what it meant to them so that we can see what it means for us. And so, when Jesus said, and this is Mark's account of the Great Commission, and when Jesus told this to his disciples, he wasn't necessarily meaning what we mean today by preach. He meant something a little different. And it was a Greek word, the word preach, and it's pronounced keruso. And what it means is to preach, obviously, but it comes from a root word that is pronounced keruks. Now, what keruks means is a king's spokesman. And so back then, they would have someone who would speak for the king. Now, this guy would go into the, he would be summoned by the king, obviously, and he would go into the throne room of the king, and the king would say, okay, I have a message for the people. And the Karuks, the king's spokesman, would come in with a pen and papyrus, or whatever he was writing on at the time, and the king would tell him what he wanted to say, and he would write it down verbatim. He would write down exactly everything the king had to say. And then after the king was done, there would be a period of time that he could ask questions. And so the Karuks, the king's spokesman, would ask him questions to make sure he understood exactly what the king had to say. And so then he would go out to the people and he would say, Hear, hear. This is what I have to say from the king. And there are a few things we need to know about the Karuks that applies to us today. Now when he went out to speak, to, for the king, to the people, he was dressed in holy attire. So he wasn't going to go out there with t-shirt and flip-flops on. He was dressed like a king because he was bearing the image of the king. Now he also was not just to read the words that the king had said, but he was to convey the heart and the sentiment of what the king was trying to say. So if something sad had happened in the kingdom recently, he would go out and say, I'm so sorry. He would convey the message that the king had to say, but he would feel the pain that the king felt. And that was part of his job. And so he was bearing the image of the king, essentially. So the Karuks understood that every word he spoke, every piece of clothing that he wore, everything he did in his home or even out in public showed the king. And so, in Jesus' time, this is how people would have understood the word preach here. They would have understood it as the root word kerooks, as being a king's spokesperson. And so, these people, when they would have heard the Great Commission, they would have thought, oh, okay. So what Jesus wants us to do is bear the image of the king. He wants us to convey his message to the people with heart and passion, more than just the words, but with sentiment and feeling. And to take caution not to interpret it wrongly and to stay above reproach in his private life and his life outside his home. And so this was all for the sake of representing the king well and representing him right in the way that he should be represented. And so I think the problem is that we, and me included, of course, on the flip side, take a more lenient and inaccurate approach to this. When we hear preach the gospel to all creation, we think, oh, okay, well, preaching's not my gift, though. 
but you know I'm better at serving behind the behind the sidelines and and we respond with denial and timidity to this um, and so we think things like I don't know enough and if someone asks me a question I might not know the right answer and then I'm portraying Jesus wrongly so I just won't say anything at all I'll just I'll just serve them I'll just serve some food at the soup kit that'll be enough you know that's that's good I'll just I'll just serve behind the behind the sidelines and so we look in Romans 10 and it says, For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. But how then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And so it's fairly obvious here that we're supposed to do more than just serve others in the name of Christ. We have to say something. We have to proclaim Christ's name. And so, you're wondering maybe, how do we do this? Well, I think there are three ways. There are three ways that we can really proclaim Christ's name to the people. And they go hand in hand in a way. So if you don't have one, you can't really have the other. And the first way is to leave your comfort zone. Now, if you can't do this one, the other two are going to be super difficult. But you have to leave your comfort zone. We know that Jesus asked this of his disciples when they were out fishing. He came and said, drop everything and come with me. And they're probably thinking, well, but, but my wife, she'll be mad or, you know, it could be anything. They're probably thinking the same things we would think today if somebody came and said, hey, drop everything you're doing and just come with me. They're probably pretty hesitant, but it was definitely outside of their comfort zones. And he's calling us to do that too. The second way is to look for opportunities God places in your path. Now, this one's kind of difficult because we tend to go throughout life kind of like a robot sometimes. You go to work, drive, sit in traffic, get to work, do what you got to do, go home, cook supper, watch TV, do it all over again. It's kind of how my day goes sometimes. So I'm assuming you guys too. But Jesus, the best thing about him was that he didn't look over people. He saw people for who they were. He looked at them, and he really saw them. And he did that for you, too. And so he saw beauty in everyday experiences, and we have to do that, too. And the third way is to meet others where they are. Now, we know for sure that Jesus did this because he did it for you and he did it for me. He met us in our pain or our joy or wherever we were in our walk of life, and he showed us grace and truth there. We also see that he did this in the Bible. The woman at the well, he met her midday. She's just getting a drink of water, and he met her there. He ate with the tax collectors. He ate in their homes, and when he saw someone on the street that had a need, he stopped for them. He didn't look past them. He saw them for who they were. And so I think a lot of time people think preaching. I don't think I can stand behind a pulpit. Well, me neither. Not really, anyway. I'm very nervous. And so we think that it has to be this grand gesture that you have to come up here and say, Jesus, Lord. But that's not necessarily what it has to be. The other day, I was getting my oil changed with Daniel. And, you know, when you get your oil changed, they take your car, so you have nowhere to go. So you either have to sit in this nasty lobby or call someone to come pick you up. So we were together, so we said, no, you know, we don't want to sit here. So we said, let's just walk somewhere. And I said, let's go to IHOP. And he's like, no, we don't want to go to IHOP because then we'll be taking a waitress's table, you know, and then she won't get any tips because we're just going to order water. We'd already eaten. 
And so I said, okay, fine. So we walk a little bit farther. We're on Main Street in Simpsonville. And he says, let's go to Starbucks. So we go to Starbucks and I say, okay, let's sit right here. It's like in an outside area, kind of where the, you know, hustle and bustle is. No one can really talk to you because they're all kind of moving to a certain area. And he said, no, no, let's go sit on these couches because they have rooms in this Starbucks. So we're like, okay, this room looks seemingly empty. So we walk in and there's couches in there. It looks super comfortable. So we sit down and then in the corner we see that there's a woman in there and we're kind of both like, crap. <laughs> we thought this room was going to be empty. But there was a woman in there, and so Daniel and I are laughing about something, and she kind of joins in, and we're like, okay, here she goes. So she starts talking to us, and she's like, you know, I, I moved from Florida or wherever, and kind of gives us a little background on her story, and then um, she kind of goes into a lot of background on her story and pretty much pours her whole heart out to us and tells us that, you know, she's lost her house and lost her boyfriend and lost her job all in the same month and that her son has decided he's an atheist and all these things. And so we're like, can we pray with you, you know? And so we pray with the woman and she's like, man, that was just awesome. I've been feeling really depressed. You know, my friends have kind of, you know, pushed me aside and ignored me and it was just awesome that you guys came in and all this stuff and I don't tell you this story to say I'm awesome I evangelize to everybody because that's not true I don't I don't look for opportunities as much as I should at all but what happens is when you have a situation like that and you just slow down for a minute God's going to put an opportunity in your path now you have two options you can either push that feeling you get in the pit of your stomach down and say, no, no, I think I'm just going to get some coffee and not talk to anybody. Or you can choose to listen to the Holy Spirit because I tell you, I've never had, I've never lost my house. I've never been without a job to where I can't support myself. I've never had a son or had a son that was turning atheist. And so I didn't know how to respond. That question was in my mind of, wait a second, I don't really know what to say to this woman, you know. But the Holy Spirit used me and Daniel to talk to that woman in that opportunity, just when we slowed down for just a second, and we weren't even looking for it. It was just because we accidentally slowed down for just a minute, and God used us in that, in that small time. And so I want to leave you with a poem um, that comes out of a children's book. I love children's books. They're the best. Um, and so it's called Freed. It says, we were slaves to sin, but Jesus paid the price to buy our freedom. And now we're free. Wait, free to do whatever we like? There's a story from the American Civil War of a northerner who bought a young slave girl at a slave auction. As they left the auction, the man turned to the girl and said, you're free. She turned to him in amazement. You mean I'm free to do whatever I want? Yes, he said. And to say whatever I want to say. Yes, anything and to be whatever I want to be. Yes. And even go wherever I want to go? Yes, he laughed. You're free to go wherever you'd like. She looked at him intently and replied, then I will go with you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you that you showed us grace and truth where we were. I pray that as we go throughout the day that we'll look for opportunities to share the gospel with people and that since it is necessary, we'll use words, that we won't just rely on actions, and that we'll proclaim your name with our mouths because we see that it's necessary for us to do that. And God, I thank you for everything you've blessed us with today. 
thank you for the opportunity to come up here. And I hope that everyone can take away a little something today um, from this message. Lord, we love you. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Please join, please join me as we affirm our faith using the words of the modern affirmation of faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who is created and is created. Come do this. We're made flesh. To reconcile and make new. He works in others by spirit. Trust in God. We are called to be the church. To celebrate God's presence. Seek justice and resist evil. To proclaim Jesus crucified judge and our hope in life and death, in life beyond death. God is with us. You're not alone. Thanks be to God. now worship God with our tithes and our offerings. <laughs> <laughs> 